Hey everyone and welcome to Suicide 35 off the Top Rock. This is Liam Workman. I'm Caleb Kramer. And we're here to talk to you about Grown Ups 2, not Sorry. Let's we're get talking about up. Sex in the City 2, Sex in the City 2, um, Worst City of All Time, Episode 5 Yeah, I guess more importantly, two. Worst Idea of All Time, the podcast. Yeah, the Episode 5, Worst Idea of All Time, Season 2, Episode 5, Season 1. Oh, what a rough introduction. Uh, off the Top of the Rock. No, let's just keep going. Everyone knows what's going on. I'm Liam Workman. You're Caleb Kramer. Let's just jump right into it. Okay. Um, this is something I just want to bring to the point in case anyone hasn't picked up. Uh, Sex and the City 2, too long of a movie. They keep talking about that magic point one hour in and the movie starts. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine, like, let, let, let me just, let me just, uh, so say you're, you're out for a breakfast because Victoria yeah. is known for having great breakfast places. Excellent. One hour into being at the breakfast place, they ask you what you want. Imagine you've been sitting in Floyd's diner for one hour drinking your coffee. It's insanity. And they walk up to you and say, what do you want for breakfast? It's, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not what you've bargained for. But that is what Sex in the City 2 is. You've walked up to McDonald's. You're right. I want an egg McMuffin with uh, bacon. And it takes you an hour to get through that line just to say, I want an egg McMuffin <laughs> with bacon. Okay. That's a little bit different. That's Well, I mean, is it? The fast food consumption of today's <laughs> society is comparable to the movie consumption of today's society. Uh, I just want to say that's it's it's horrible. Yeah. Like one hour of wasted time. One hour, I imagine, having not seen the movie of characters arguing whether they should have a TV in the bedroom. Yeah, that's what it honestly seems like. I gotta say, I'm glad we're not watching it. That's the thing. Um, every week, every week, I think to myself. Man, I'm glad we're not watching this movie. What's the thing? Well, Caleb, moving into uh, our normal questions, what what happened in the last week? How are you feeling? What have you done since the last episode? I mean, like, not a lot has happened. I've, I've been out with some friends. I've yeah. been enjoying the sunshine. It's yeah. beautiful. It's been beautiful lately. I've, I'm it's starting to build on my can. It is. You have The been. summer is happening. That. Yeah, that's, that's right. I've, I've been spending a lot of time biking. I had a bit of a burn, but. You went out to the, uh, you did a, I'm going to say Sydney, but that means nothing to anyone. You. Uh... No. It's, it's about a, a, a two-hour bike ride there. Wow, good for um, you, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I quite enjoy the bike ride because it's it's just something that you can just zone out and it helps you focus, it gets you tired, you don't come back feeling like you haven't done nothing. Yeah, I guess alternatively, I've been sitting in the sun, drinking lots of beer. That's, that's... I've been playing lots of basketball, though. Yeah, you, you, you and Josh still? or uh, A guy named Josh. To the listeners out there, a guy named Josh and I are playing... I play with all sorts of people. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter who. Working, you work on your layups, your corner shots. Can, no. I, can I tell you, you've never seen Grown Ups 1, right? No. So I have Grown Ups 1, a significant portion of the movie is dedicated to basketball. Yeah. And Lenny Fader, played by Adam Sandler's yeah. ability to never miss a corner shot. And by corner shot, I mean like like two-pointer from the line. Yeah, maybe, or three-pointer. Maybe a three-pointer. It might be a three-pointer from the line, bouncing off the backboard into the basket. He can hit it 100% oh, of the time. Oh, you mean like a bank shot? Like a bank shot. 50 out of 50. Yeah, I know what you're talking he about. He can now. always hit it. That is Lenny Fader's signature move. That's like the classic white guy move. It's, it's true. Like, I, it's just you, like into the square. College. Into the square. Into the square. You watch college basketball and it's like, watch all these amazing plays. And then watch a white guy bank a three-pointer 
off of the backboard, which yeah. is not an orthodox play. No, not at all. But I that actually kind of makes me think of um, how they how in New Zealand, obviously the sports are a lot different. Yeah, right? it's true. It's, it's people play cricket rugby, and rugby. People play rugby. I said rugby twice. You said rugby. People play rugby. People, people play, play rugby. rugby. <laughs> people play rugby. <laughs> I really people wanted play to drive that point home. Yeah. Now they play Australian football in Australia. They yeah. play rugby. They play cricket. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basketball. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, I guess it's all commonwealth sports, but it's just something that hasn't taken off in Canada. Well, that's it. Like, rug- rugby, like, tr- like cricket is actually pretty big in Vancouver, I think, just really? because it's a big Indian population. And Indian is in terms of the country of India, not in terms of the, uh, the like, Aboriginal, anachoristic, um, anachorist, sorry, I can't pronounce the word, in terms of the, the improper term for I'll First Nations. Um, Aboriginal in terms of calling them. But yeah, like the Indian population in Vancouver is really big. I actually have a friend who is uh, involved with the, the Cricket Association. He's yeah. a pretty big Actually, deal. now that you mention that, I sat in the park the other day and mm-hmm. watched the cricket game. Yeah. was enthralled. It's pretty interesting. It's like baseball, yeah. but a bit a, a bit faster. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, faster in terms of uh, stuff happening, but slower in terms of how fucking safe. Yeah, yeah, cricket games go on forever. Yeah. Um, I played cricket, and no, I played cricket, but we, it wasn't you know involved in my... Yeah, I, like we played it during middle and high school uh, as part of the gym electives. Well, I, I take back what I've just said for the past five minutes. Go sports. This yeah. is now a sports podcast. Um, and it's apparently a national thing. An international thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cricket, uh, number number one sport in the world, number one sport in my heart. It is not, it's very high viewership. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving back to the episode, uh, Worst Idea of oh, All Time, episode well, five, yeah. uh, season two. Uh, let's just talk about... Um, they had a, a guest today, right? James A. Caster. Yeah, and brilliant. He he seemed to bring uh, a sultry element to the entire podcast. Do you mean sultry in the fact that he was wearing a robe, or just sultry in the fact that he brought like a sexual appeal to the podcast? Both. Like he spent <laughs> quite a large amount of time talking about vibrators and the Durex. Oh, that's true. He he. There seemed to be a vibrator involved in the creation of the podcast, and he was just there bringing up at any point he could. Maybe that was just the novelty of the fact that they're at the Melbourne Comedy Fest right now, and yeah. he was... I don't know if the room was comped, or if he was staying there, or if he got a gift basket or what, but he got a direct vibrator in, in, the, in, in the basket. In the basket. Like, I, I imagine it's like one of those finger rings yeah. that you put on. Um, I wonder, because I know Rose Matafeo is also in the Melbourne Comedy Fest. Yeah. I know at the time of this podcast... They were a couple, or they, mm-hmm. and I hope they still are. Yeah, me too. If they're not, sorry guys. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, there, there's always more fish in the sea. There's always more fish to fry, but maybe two comedians getting together doesn't work or something. Well, that's, that's, but I, if they're still together, two comedians getting together does work. Yeah, <laughs> and good for it's, you guys. You guys decided you one one or the other right now. Yeah, it's it's your outcome decides an entire stereotype of your industry. Yeah, the idiosyncrasy. Liam and I will believe it, whichever one it is. That's right. You just let, set, set, shoot us an email uh, at uh, offthetoprock at gmail.com slash nz. I hope we have the email address. <laughs> I'll have it now. Um, yeah. yeah. 
and I just, I just like I mean we already talked about it but I, like they were sharing a microphone this entire episode which is very convenient because we have been sharing a microphone for the last couple episodes yeah it's been going fairly well I think we could really cut the cost of our rental that's right like we can we can I mean uh, going into the, the industry cost like our amateur amortized price yeah. for these episodes could be cut in half by our equipment rental but they could be doubled by our alcohol consumption our illicit drug consumption truly anything that can make us not who we tr- we really are <laughs> just anything that changes our personality you guys truly don't want to know what we're like in real life it's true. and we're doing our best to hide it from you that's right this podcast would become a, a 30 minute review of corn chips and <laughs> The best pizza you can get in Victoria, whether it's Brickyard, Alibaba, Second Slice, or whoever else you have access to. Standard pizza. Standard pizza is pretty good. Have you Crust Bakery on Fort Street? Have you had their pizza? I didn't even know they made. Pizza. They they do like tiny little personal pizzas. It's very sweet. They use a sweet barbecue sauce. But if you don't mind that, it's pretty good. I've only ever gotten crusty bread from them. Yeah, it's five dollars a loaf. That's very expensive. I don't buy loaves. I buy no. the the single bun. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, it's been good. I've made sandwiches for for myself and my girlfriend. Yeah, see, yeah. see, the things have gone well so far. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'd continue to go back local shop. Local shop, local bakery. Yeah, in- incorporating those baked goods that we all know and love to take part in. Yeah. Um, moving moving on back to the podcast. Yeah, let's just move a, on, a couple man. things to talk about. Like, um, they talk about the feminist message, and I, I feel like uh. They, they bring it up a couple of times. They brought up in previous episodes the idea that Sex and City 2 is a pseudo-feminist movie because it is about women, which... I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, what were you going to ask? Because I thought you would just have some, like, valuable insight into that, being a a man of the women. Yeah, a, a man of the women, as a they call it. A true man of the woman. Um, I mean, it, it, it brings up the idea that if something isn't about men... So, I mean, all, all creative endeavors, all writing... All movies uh, start at the point of zero, which usually involves men and white people. Yeah. And uh, they they call it a feminist movie simply because it is about women, and the women deal with problems such as menopause and relationships and TVs in the bedroom. Which, breakups and makeups and cheating. And exactly. And makeup, di- makeup dieting and uh, uh, entertainment. I mean, I just want to say that TVs in the bedrooms is one of the great questions of our age. Should you have a TV in the bedroom, uh, feel free to write your comment in. Is that a feminist issue? I don't know. It could be. Um, But, I mean, that's (laughs) the question. Like, they they seem to position that anything involving just women or women not talking about men is a feminist issue. I would like to position that Grown Ups 2 is a more feminist movie than uh, Sex and the City 2. Just because of the horrible things that men do in that movie? It, just because of the horrible things men do in that movie, but also the the idea that the, the message of Grown Ups 2 is more universal than the message of Sex and City 2. Sex and City 2 is very vain and uh, surface in its portrayal. Because you mean uh, the characters are so wealthy. The characters are so wealthy. Like, they, as uh, James A. Stryker, or, sorry, what's his name? A. Caster. James A. Caster. James Leon? A. Caster brings up in the uh, thing, they're very rich and they create their own problems, which yeah. is a huge issue, which makes it very hard to deal with what they're talking about. Um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about. It's, it's just how, like, it's it's a feminist movie because it's about women Yeah, is not a true fulfillment of what it means to be a feminist or gender equality movie. Well, I think 
We could definitely agree with that, but I also think that you saying that Grumps 2 could be a more feminist movie is dangerous in the sense that people could watch that and take that for face value and be like, well, yeah, all men are dicks, and that's okay. But it's you have to watch Grumps 2 with a grain of salt and realize that all the men in that movie are assholes. Well, that's the thing. And yep. what if you don't? That's a scary proposition like, to think that I, you I might feel not realize Grumps that. 2 is like a fever dream from uh, a, a someone who's the equivalent to Adam Sandler. <laughs> like, their belief that everything they do is great and everyone who questions them or goes against them is horrible because Lenny Fader is Jesus reborn. Yeah, um, and always ready to play basketball. Always ready to play basketball, shoot those corner shots, uh, take his son kicking a football out at the break lake house. Break his son's leg. Break his son's leg. Um, Lenny Fader is God, and that seems to be the message of Grown Ups too. Adam Sandler's great. But that's great. scary. It's the fact that this is a children's movie, and this, and these people are extremely impressionable. How can this be a, a feminist movie if it's? I don't know if it's catered towards children, people who can't really like make these decisions for themselves. I don't know if that's something that we should be uh, advocating as a fem- more feminist in the in, than Sex in the City too. Well, I don't know if it's more feminist or it, it provides a greater view on what it means to consider both genders. Um, but I, I feel we're, we're getting away from the topic at hand right now. Which is the podcast. Which is worst the podcast. We're of, of all time. time with Tim Bed, Guy Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get back to it. What well, let's, well I, I just want, so uh, last episode, episode, or one of the episodes, episode three I talked about, or episode four, um, the need to talk about how they talk as opposed to what they talk about. So what I want to bring up in this episode is their constant focus and their constant ability on bringing it back. And I'm not talking about bringing it back as in their constant need to talk about what they need to talk about, but their constant focus on returning the focus. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, this is being like, okay, we've gotten off track, let's yeah. get back to it. Which is not an easy thing to do, even we've experienced this it's in, true. in our short tenure as podcasters. Yeah, it's just like, what are you doing right now, we need to come back. But but by saying, what are we doing right now, we need to come back, you're talking about that middle ground between on topic and off topic. Okay. A kind of like Zeta topic, Yeah. as I'd call it. And just the need for you to recognize that being on topic isn't always the best, but being off topic as well isn't always the best. How do you find that balance? That's a question, right? Like, how do you find that balance? Yeah. Like, do you need to to switch between them constantly in order to create a kind of 50-50 equal? Is there 100% equal in terms of being on either side that's more appropriate? Or is it something that's more to the matter of, like, well, I feel like this right now, I feel like this right now, and I'm sure in the long run it'll create a zero sum. Yeah, I find myself as a fan and as a listener not really minding if they stray from the plot. Well, that's right, Because right? sometimes the best parts are when they talk about the movie, and sometimes yeah. the low parts are when they talk about the movie, and vice versa, sometimes the best parts are when they stray from the plot, and they do their own thing, they talk about their life. Those are some of the best moments. Mm-hmm. And they could be some of the kind of more, like, lagging moments. Indeed. Well, I mean, they, you talk about, like, how much can they add to a movie that's almost zero. Like, if, <laughs> if, if, if you rate a movie out of ten, and this movie is almost a zero, like, is their interaction a ten? Is it enough to bring this movie up to the top, to the Citizen Kings? 
of the world, the Hotel Rwanda's, the grown-ups too? Or is this a 7, or is it a 6, or is it a 5, depending upon their consideration? Uh, I kind of feel that, that the movie itself and the quality of the movie becomes relevant at this point. Yeah? It's more their interpretation of it. How they're their, carrying it. The fact that they have like invested this much time in it yeah. makes it worthwhile. I, I just want to like mention, in, in case we didn't talk about this or that, I don't want to come across as being crass, but episode 4, last week's episode, was quite good. Episode 5? Just as good. Very good. They they have hit a stride with these two yeah. last two episodes. Um, I think they're um yeah, they're they're doing well. They're in Melbourne right now. That's right. They're apparently they're, they're, one of the most livable cities in the world. They're building up uh, to something big. Vancouver BC, a town not far from where Liam and myself live. Reside. Reside. Uh was always touted as one of the most livable cities, and recently Melbourne has kind of taken the top spot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the cities have to be fairly similar. Yeah. But I go to Vancouver, and I think, what the hell, man? Yeah, I know. You go to Vancouver, and it's it's, it's like... It's not as great as Victoria. No, that's the thing. It, it's, it's a lot bigger, and you walk through, and you're like, where am I? All these places seem to be open late for no reason. I, I don't get a, a feeling of community here. You have to pay 20 bucks to get into a club. Well, that's the thing, right? And, I mean, it takes like two hours to get there from the ferry, and it's not a, a great experience. People there are in a rush all the they're, time. They're in a rush all the time. The cities suck. You're walking. Suddenly you end up in apartment buildings. Then they keep walking. You end up in restaurants. And you're like, what restaurant should I go to? There's too many. There's too many. I mean, people say, like, apparently Victoria has one of the highest restaurants per capita in all of Canada. Yeah, I got to feel like that's because of the low population. Well, that's but, the thing. Uh, yeah, basically what we're saying is Melbourne's all right. Yeah. Melbourne seems like a it sweet place. It must be all right. It must be all right. <laughs> because Vancouver is not as good as Victoria, but Melbourne's supposed to be better. There you go. So you're 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 dealing with like twos and ones. Yeah. Uh, add them all together, see what you end up with. I just want to talk about like uh, James A. Caster. Is that his name? That's yeah, what, yeah, James A. Caster. Good for you, man. He um he brings up the idea that these are four different characters in the Sex and the City universe who are all exactly the same. Except for one that wants to have sex. All the time. And he just keeps all mentioning the time. them. And he also says that they have no, like, motivation or they have no stakes to come over. Yeah. I just want to create a comparison between these characters that he creates that actually exist in the Sex and the City universe and the current state of superhero movies. Okay. Um, I just want to say that I, I'm not a huge fan of superhero movies, so this might be slightly biased, but the problems that he brings up in relating Sex and the City 2 to Sex and the City 1 and Sex and the City the TV show are the same problems that I have with the current slew of Marvel movies. Would you care to expand upon that? Well, just to talk about these are characters who are constantly revisited upon who seem to have no stakes or no development in the, who they are. Um, which isn't, I'm not saying they're bad movies or anything like that, but I mean, like, he, he doesn't quite bring this point up, but it's something that he slightly touches upon, which is the idea that how can you call a movie Sex and the City 2 when it is a sequel to a movie that was based on a TV show that ran for six seasons? Well, yeah, but I think that's just the state of Hollywood. It's just ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. Like you it could makes do, no sense. You could literally do anything as long as it's going to make you money. Yeah. And that's the you main... S- you slap a number on it, yeah. right? 
It's like Adam Sandler saying, I'm going to do another movie. I'm going to hire all of my friends. Yeah. It's going to make money, and that's the reason that I'm doing it. It's not because I think it's going to be another Happy Gilmore or another no. Billy Madison. There's two great movies from his, ch- from his uh, not ch- Happy his Madison childhood. Enterprise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Alligator. Subway. Subway? Subway. Happy Madison. You don't remember that? No. No, ha- no. Uh, Happy Madison, he got a Subway card that allowed him to eat Subway every single day that he wanted to. <laughs> that was right when Subway first became big. But you're talking about Billy Madison. Billy Madison, yeah. Okay. No, Happy, 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 Happy Madison Gilmore. Is, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but Happy Madison is his, is, uh, is, is his, his production company. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fusion of the two great films. Netflix. Four movie deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's just an example of his greed. His greed or his, like, I mean, that's the thing. Let's like, blame Kevin James. <laughs> Clerks. Um, you can you can get mad at Adam Sandler for being so greedy and, and creating such a an enterprise of all his movies and empire. But on the other hand, you can be like, well, where's all the money? Like, Adam Sandler's helping his, his nephews. He's helping his nieces. He's helping his friends. By hiring and, them? By hiring movies? them to work in his movies. He is not helping them. He's just saying, hey, you guys... You're destitute. You need some money. I'll just hire you in my films to play I, some deadbeat extra. And you can have a hundred grand to do this. What kind of motivation is he providing for them? Well, They're I, not going to go and get their electrician's certificate. I mean, I guess that's the other side. Like Adam Sandler, he's, he's creating his own like corporate welfare for yeah. all these people that he knows. And so it could be in- some some great if some PhD is looking for some research project, they should just look into the uh, welfare state of Happy Madison. Yeah, exactly. Who who is employed by Happy Madison and, and how what their, their life is yeah. benefiting from this and what they would be without him. How much money do they spend outside of the Happy Madison hours? Like how much money are they how much money do they get from employing themselves through Happy yeah. Madison? Their only tax break for the entire year. They literally, during these film shoots, they don't spend any money on groceries because yeah, they're, it's just like they're the eating from the there. catering. Yeah. It's just like, take it all home. I it's not going to get eaten, guys. It's yeah. just celery sticks and carrot we sticks. We had this party and we bought 6,000 flats of paps. <laughs> and we only, we tried hard, but we only made it through... Yeah. 300 of them so someone's you gonna take, have to do yeah, something about this six packs just put as many six packs as you can into your backpack yeah um okay heading towards the end of the episode i i guess i have to bring up the uh the usual uh grown-ups two uh yeah what are we gonna call this un- universal theory that's should... that's great that's yeah. great you think that Did you just come yeah. up with that well, that's <sighs> Nothing's ever just come up with this. All you're just a sharp tack. I'm a sharp tack. You're a sharp, sharp Thank tack, you, Kramer. Thank you. you. Thank you, Caleb Kramer. Um, I just want to position, as, as we've gone through the uh, last two episodes, I, I feel great about what we've created together as a, a universe for grown-ups, too. Um, as I mentioned last time, I, I'm talking about the yoga guy, uh, the yoga teacher whose name is Kyle. His last name is never given. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, that's right. Yeah. Um, so the Real couple- stud. So the couple things I want to point out, as for the past two episodes, I'm going to just touch on a couple of questions that you guys should be wondering before I bring everything together. Um, so as, as the first thing I'm going to talk on is, before I get into the young yoga guy, talking about Wiley, as I talked about the last episode, something I'm going to bring, think, bring up is, why is Wiley dressed Flavor Flav? But it's a bigger question, why does Wiley have a giant clock on his front? Obviously the clock is there because he's Flavor Flav, but what is the tie between the character of Wiley and the idea and concept? of time passing 
I like it. That's, that, that's something I'm going to allow it. That's something to keep in the back of your head. So moving to Kyle, the yoga guy. Um, the, the three things that seem to stand out in his, in his character is he's gay, he knows Kung Fu, and he dresses as Indiana Jones. So those are his three things. So yeah. talking about the fact that he's gay, um, the big point is that the girls all fall in love with him at his yoga studio. Yeah. And they say inappropriate things to him, but he doesn't really mind. Obviously, because it's Plus, to be, they all write it off saying he's gay. It's okay. It's okay, right? So it's 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 a non-threatening, and it's b um it's okay for them to treat him because he's gay. So gay seems to be an absolute state. Yeah, which is like if someone in Adam Sandler's world. In Adam Sandler's world, if you say you're gay, there's no gray. There's no maybe you're, you're bisexual or maybe you're experimenting or anything like that. It's just you're gay. Well, there you go. You're being pushed into the other side of the courtyard. Yeah. There is a, a cement or a concrete wall between you and everyone else. Yeah. You to are give gay. it a basketball metaphor. Exactly. You're on the other side of the court. You're on the other side of the court. And as a as a gay man in this seemingly not quite huge town, but at least town with a with a fair amount of residents, yeah. he is entirely by himself. Like Nick, the bus driver, seems to make a move on him, but that seems to be more a move of desperation than anything else. Yeah, more like drugged out bliss, where he just really sees no other opportunity in terms exactly. of sexual enterprise. Like like a means for him to meet his own goals. Yeah. So the Kyle is by himself. And his his gayness, it, it like it 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 is it is provided as a punchline, but it, it is a a central tenet to his character because it also explains why he's able to sew the stuffed animal at the end. He says "gay yeah. cat" in a maybe the funniest joke in the entire movie because Adam Sandler just buys it completely. Completely, he he's says, just like oh, "gay, gay camp. camp." What? <laughs> and he's just like, "No, I'm joking. Like you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, for, for thinking that." Um. But as an extension of the fact that he is gay is also the idea that all women are stupid. Yeah. Which seems to be a tenet of the Grown Ups 2 universe in that it is something that not just straight men and not just straight men's wives are an example of, but all the women who take part in the entire yoga studio are, they fall for the janitor's tricks and they fall for the, the jokes put on them by anyone. Yeah, and the fact that they're just like obsessed with the one man with who the one might man, be yeah. sensitive. Uh, I'm not saying that this is like, a, this is something that everyone who's gay is, but it's yeah. just this character is sensitive. He, 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 take, he's, he takes care of he takes care of himself. Like he yeah. seems to be healthy, as opposed to anyone he's else in the movie. He's the only healthy one. He's the in only this healthy film. one. He he has a, he, he is he is physically fit. Um, he doesn't eat ice cream and he doesn't eat KFC and he doesn't drink Pepsi out of a disposable like, glass. Yeah, exactly. The, out of the a two, two liter liters bottle. of Pepsi, the Pepsi, the twelve cans poured into one jug. Um, <laughs> he seems to be what the women seem to be are craving after, but he ignores it. So. In, in a way, he's almost portrayed in the movie as a perfect specimen. Yeah. Um, the the other thing I want to, like, has his portrayal of Indiana Jones show. Like, I, I believe that at the end of the movie, the, the, the party's uh, costumes put onto all the characters are portrayals of who those characters truly are. As Indiana Jones, he is both the leader and alone. He is both no one and everyone. And, I like that. Like, there's, there seems to be no insult put onto him for what he is. And then the world of Grown Ups 2 is, for all its, its harshness and all its meanness, it is very accepting for who people decide they are. 
Like, at, when, when you come to the end of the day, when you come to the party at the end, with all the princes, with all everyone's 80s costumes, no one is judged for being lazy, and no one is judged for, for half-assing it. You are all, if you say you are Flavor Flav, if you say you're Indiana Jones, if you say you're Bruce Springsteen, that's who you are, and no one questions that. If you say you're Meatloaf. Um, so that, that's the end of, of this week's uh, installment of the Grown Ups 2 universe. Oh, thank uh, you, Leo. Next episode... Uh, I will be talking, uh, touching upon Kevin Smith's character. Uh, we'll be going into the mainstream for that one. Wait, uh, Kevin Smith. Sorry, Kevin James. Kevin James, Kevin yeah. James's character. We'll, so we'll be going to the mainstream. Understandable, very generic name. It's true. Uh, to the one that Guy and Tim called the worst character in the movie. I'll uh, try to move back a bit from that description, but I mean, there might be a bit of crossover between that. Um, as we head towards the end of this uh, podcast, is there anything that you want to add, Caleb? And anything from your notes that you yeah, want to bring I up? Yeah, I guess I just want to say that as you finish this hypothetical situation, yeah. I want to say I love Tim's hypothetical situation. Yeah. And Guy, too. They come up with the greatest stuff. It just has no, very little relation to the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just so funny to listen to. For example, I think it was this episode or last episode, Tim postulated that Brady is, is who was a child of Miranda. Yeah grows into Brayden, the mm-hmm. the potential warlock from Grown Ups 2. Exactly. And R- Miranda promiscuously had sex with David Spade while she had the hiccups, and she and became Hiccups McGee from down in Florida. That's right. I love it. It's just a great idea. Yeah. It, it links together the two seasons in a way yeah, that it makes I it worthwhile. It makes exactly. it all worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, super, super true. And it makes me feel like we're doing the right thing by doing this. Well, it's the thing. Like, we're, we are connecting. We are, as I've said before, the, to the casual listener, we are the gateway to the true understanding of what's happening in these episodes. I only hope that that's true. Me too. Me too. Well, thanks, Liam. Yeah, thanks, Caleb. Thanks for being on this episode. Hey, thank you for being on this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure, too, uh, for me as well. Uh, feel free to follow on Instagram at LiamWorkman3. Or at Chucky Kramer. And on Twitter, feel free to look us up. It's at OffTheTopRock. Or on SoundCloud at Suicide35. And this is Liam Workman saying Suicide 35 off the top of the rock, 35 feet. My mama did that jump when she was pregnant with me. And I'm going to sign off as Caleb Kramer saying don't watch Grown Ups 2, don't watch Sex in the City 2. Watch Grown Ups 2. And I'll say 35 feet, Suicide 35, 35 feet above the water, 35 feet off of, I, I can't even do it. I'm going to say see you next week. This next. is Caleb Kramer signing off. Have a good night, guys.